0: My name is Ricky Dank, my traditional name is Lari Noralima and I'm a Gurrenji and Waqaia person. I'm a Gurrenji traditional owner. Um, I'm also a Nimrinki and my grandmothers are senior Nimrinki. that means one of the the bosses, and um, uh, decision makers for for their country. Our country is women's country, so it's marabana country, so it was made by women and women speak for our country the significance of the Beedaloo Basin, I'm not too sure if people um, fully can understand the the size of the Beedaloo Basin, it's roughly the size of um, Belgium, so it's it's a huge um, land area that's going to be affected, and it's not just,
1: um, you know, our country, but it's the
0: Matbara, the Jingli, the Alawa, the Tarawa, and the
1: Yangla people as the morrison government so kindly gave gas companies over 50 million in subsidies then spending a further 217 million improving the roads this seems to have been done entirely with the motive to steam ahead in shale fracking without the informed consent of traditional landowners such as yourself ricky what information were you given as owners and custodians prior to drilling so we me
0: personally and um a lot of the the majority of our family weren't provided with any information whatsoever Um, there were people coming in and, and talking about it um but there was there was no formal consultation process that had happened And the way that we actually found out that it was a a go-ahead on our country is that my my grandmother was out bush one day taking her grandchildren out to country to, you know, fish to make sure we are maintaining sacred sites, protecting country. And, you know, she saw these huge trucks roll up and roll into her country and start laying down, you know, the foundations of of their production.
1: So not only is this destroying... The treasured song lines of your country, but it also indicates great concerns for those living on that country, both Indigenous and non-Indigenous, as fracking releases large amounts of methane, which is a dangerously potent greenhouse gas, which is what you're over in Egypt for at the moment. Uh, in 2018, the Territory Labor Government lifted the moratorium on fracking after an independent inquiry found sophisticated techniques in mining were safe. However, in 2020, tests on the bore at Terram Station found significant spikes to the salinity and methane levels of the groundwater since the fracking had begun. This indicates highly salty aquifers and methane gases were leaking into the drinking water sources. How are those on country dealing with not only a poisoning of their lands, but their bodies also?
0: Um, you know, it, it's quite interesting, too, that now, um, you know, that we, we're talking about this Um and we need to talk more about this and, and stress the fact of how, how dangerous and how poisonous this is going to be for black bodies. Um, I'm a registered nurse, so I've got a fairly good understanding of, of all of that. Um, but for us also, there's MacArthur River Mine that's not that is also in good energy country that has also been poisoning us for you know the last 30 odd years. So for us now, knowing that you know, one we have now MacArthur River mine. Two now we have fracking happening on our country, and that we have no way to escape those poisons. We are ha- we are faced with making a de- making a decision on whether we leave country or we stay. For us, it's a it's we we are staying. It's our home. It has been for sixty five thousand years. Um, we don't want to become refugees within our own country. Um, I mean, for us, we, we are absolutely devastated because we we see it as our job to protect country absolutely, not only for ourselves, but we see the impact that this will have on not only our neighbouring countries, but also uh, we would be contributing to, you know, the um, carbon emissions. So fracking on the Beedle Basin will increase Australia's carbon emissions by 20% which also has that flow-on effect on, you know, rising sea levels. So for, you know, our countrymen in Zanadukes, um, Torres Strait, um, also, you know, countrymen in the Pacific, where their, you know, islands are being inundated with sea seawater. We see this as um, our responsibility to make sure that we do not, um, what happens on our country doesn't impact other people's lives and we take this role very seriously so we're absolutely going to fight this to the bitter end um and i just don't think that um you know empire don't realize that that we will be in this and we will see this through uh, and absolutely see this through to the end
1: speaking to that how represented or underrepresented do you feel that first nations people are when it comes to this climate action
0: a good antico country has joined kenna and uh, we see that there is this shift, a willingness to learn and to listen, and particularly too with other other groups, climate action groups like Bushfire Survivors, Climate Action Group, Doctors for the Environment. There is this willingness to, to listen um, because we want to work with, with other organisations and I, we believe that to be able to combat climate change successfully, we need to do this all together. Um, it's not going to work if just one or the other does it. it. It needs to be a collective effort, particularly for women of color, particularly for um, black women. Um, I'm seeing a, it's, it's starting to change. Yes, it is a slow change, but it, it's gradually changing. And I, I've seen that people are starting to make space for us, which is really, I mean, it's overdue, but it's also very exciting for us and very exciting time for us.
1: You're you're aligning yourself with these other organisations and people organising other actions to save our climate effectively, but do you feel that the Labor government are willing to work with you?
0: Currently, no, Um, because they've just pushed through that $15 billion towards Middle Arm and the development of Middle Arm which means that, you know, they're all, they're all for pushing gas and shale gas ahead um, and uh, they're going into full production mode, which um, to us is, you know, I'm going to put it, um, you know, be quite frank, it, it's a kick in the guts, not only to, to us on the Beedaloo Basin, but, you know, to everyone else whose country is being fracked, um, to, again, the Zener uh, our, our countrymen there, And also to, you know, Pacific Island nations too. We feel like they, they aren't concerning ourselves with our health, our mental health, even climate change. We feel though at the moment there's a lot of greenwashing happening, but in saying that we are happy to start talking with the Labor government. We want them to start listening to our concerns, but we want them to understand that for us, especially on the Beedaloo Basin, it, it's a hard no and, yeah, in terms of with, with the Labor government, they haven't been working with us and but we want to work with them and, and understand what has gone wrong in terms of with the processes like consultation and consent and, you know, follow their own laws. Our, our laws have been ignored in terms of all of that consultation process but even their laws, if their laws were followed, we I would not be here at COP today and good energy for
1: country would not exist this is this your second year at cop yeah what's actually going on at the moment so what are you doing while you're there at the moment
0: i'm talking to as many people as i can about the situation i'm on the you know that australia is open to to fracking and the dangers of fracking because it's not just our country that it's happening on it's happening right throughout australia and we're calling for a ban nationwide on fracking in Australia. This, year's, uh, this year, at this year COP, uh, loss and damage has has been a huge, huge issue. It's it's been on the agenda. Um, and traditionally, loss and damage, when they they talk about loss and damage, they're talking about uh, loss and damage for developing nations and not developed nations. I want to, I want people to start talking about loss and damage in terms of with developed nations, but for First Nations peoples and what that will look like for First Nations peoples, because people aren't talking about, um, you know, our what we are losing um, and what that looks like for us. So I think that is a really important issue that needs to be addressed, um, not just in Australia, but globally. We talk about nature based solutions. I don't understand why when we're talking about nature-based solutions, why handing land back to traditional owners or First Nation peoples isn't a nature-based solution. And I think we need to open that up for discussion and to see how that will look like for particularly for Australia.
1: There's a lot to say that COP is redundant in a lot of ways because it has to keep happening. There seems to be no material change in reducing carbon emissions. and The Australian government often argues that per capita we're not emitting that much, but we're also, as you know, completely bleeding the country dry of its resources given fossil fuels can be replaced by renewables. What's helping you to uh, maintain hope while you are there given that the lack of these material changes within Australia and how our governments, be that Labor or Liberal, make any legislation or put any uh, restrictions in to say we are going to reduce our emissions and we're going to work with our First Nations landowners.
0: Hope is a really funny thing, um, especially for me and and for my family. We, um, I haven't given myself the luxury of hope. Um, I've shut that out, absolutely because I I understand and know that the government, both governments, Labor and Liberal, have poured so much taxpayers' money into this, so I know they're not going to give it up easy. I guess I will be thinking about hope afterwards. I will be hoping that this situation doesn't happen again, that First Nations people um, won't have to go through the same trauma of... Again, no consultation, no, and with, you know, without our, us giving consent with the destruction of, of country because it is very traumatic for us. We have had our land handed back. It's under freehold. By rights Australian law, white Australian law, we should be given the right to veto um, any destructive activities that happen on our country. We have not been given that
1: right to veto. So, just lastly, the people you've been able to speak to while you have been at COP, what is the feedback you've been getting from people as you've been informing them about the Betaloo Basin and what's actually happening in Australia? Because I imagine a lot of people don't know. No, a lot of people don't know. And
0: I mean, people from Turtle Island, so called America, know about what's happening. We've, we've got a really supportive group here in the, in, the Indigenous Peoples Pavilion here. But other, in terms of it, other people, they uh, are devastated really because you know i tell them of the significance of you know first nations people in australia that our history our 65,000 year old history continuing history and i tell them about the um our treatment of land of you know non-human kin of of us and people are genuinely devastated to hear that because i think sometimes australia can put on a really good front about what they're doing in terms of in the the, the climate action space, in the green space, but we're not transparent enough. Yeah, people people are shocked and and devastated and and saddened by what's happening to, to us.
1: What can people here at home in Australia, what can they be doing to better assist you and help get the message out? Not, not just in the Northern Territory and in Queensland, but broader Australia, because this is something that's not spread. Like people don't know about it and it seems to be isolated to each state has their own issues, but I think we yeah. need to be working collectively. So how can we get on board and help you?
0: Absolutely. So first of all, I think, you know, we still need to recognise that there are all these different nations. People need to start um, learning about, the nation that you know the, the place where they live on and maybe go along and help support first nations uh, where they are i think people also need to understand that you know when we're talking about land back uh, we're, we're not into taking people's homes it's not about that it's about caring for country um, and ensuring that we as first nations people um, have The opportunity of living another sixty-five thousand years in, you know, on our homes, but we also want to bring along you guys too. We want you there as well. We need for people to understand too that the laws surrounding native title and um, the Aboriginal Land Rights Act have been changed to allow um, better access for, you know, mining and, and fracking to happen on Aboriginal land and Aboriginal homelands life for remote aboriginal for aboriginal communities is like particularly in rural it's it's very difficult um prices of food are, are high petrol is high and you know it's difficult to access education and, and health so i guess we want people to understand these issues we want people to understand that when we are fighting we're not just fighting to protect our homelands but we are helping to protect other people's homelands. Why, you know, if we stop what's happening on on Bitterloos, it's going to help reduce, you know, the potential for flooding and for fires down south. We see that as our way of contributing to helping, you know, the reducing the impacts of climate change on on our society. To get out there and go to the marches, just be a more aware of what's happening i think it politically in australia be aware of the the changes in in laws as well i understand it could be you know quite difficult and sometimes depressing um and people don't really know what to do but um and other than you know approaching their their local um mps and you know questioning what what they're doing about the, the climate you know mining and and fracking and what's happening with that and where they stand on that can also help because there's just this whole range of ways that people are able to help and i think if um people find a way that they're comfortable with whether whether it is going on the marches whether it is just simply learning about fracking or mining or the laws around protecting land and then just speaking about it to other people those are the way of ways that we can help support each other <laughs> I, I just wanted to thank you and to let you know that uh, we we so appreciate you and that when i'm speaking it's not me it's not just me it's it's my grandmother's it's my family and we want to thank you for allowing my grandmother that platform to voice her her thoughts and her her opinions and it's very it's we're starting to get a little bit more of a voice but it's through people like yourself that allow us to further raise our voice for for her to be heard so we really appreciate you and the time that you have given us
1: of course any time you deserve deserve um, equal if not more of a platform than I do um with the message that you're sharing so I really do appreciate your time Ricky.